Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. We have amazing offers available across the 211 Renault and Dacia range. Get your car delivered to you in just a couple of clicks. Call us today to find out more or visit blackstonemotors.ie. Stay safe from Blackstone Motors. Welcome to Late Lunch, our final Late Lunch of uh, this week. Great to have you with us on the show today. Are you ready for your riddle on Friday? I'll be giving it to you shortly and we have a nice little prize to send out to the winner today. I'll tell you about that uh, before two o'clock on the show. Margaret Madden's with us. She'll bring us her book of the month and more recommendations besides. It's Daffodil Day. Yes, it's the big day for the Flower and the Irish Cancer Society. And we're talking daffs with Dara McCullough. He grows 10 million daffodils a year. He'll be with us a little bit later on. You love Jay Moore, I swear. There's a clue in that. She makes mugs. Anyway, more about that coming up after 2-2. And then in the final part of the show, of course, Christy Moore, I round off a story with a real thumping ballad. And Leon Blanche will be uh, reviewing the weekend in sport. If you want to get in touch with us on the show today, two ways, two ways today. 086-1800-658. Text it's text today, 086-1800-658, text only, or you can call in on 1850-715-958. And I have more news on uh, my 40 days and 40 nights for Slav for you as well. But first off on the show today, listen to this, folks. €10,000 a minute being spent on online gambling in Ireland. And now there are approaching 30,000 people addicted to gambling. Ireland is on the brink of a problem gambling tsunami, so says former Armagh footballer, addiction counsellor and author of the book The Gambler, Oshin McConville, and he's with me on the line. Good to talk to you again, Oshin. Jerry, how's the form? Really good. Thank you so much for taking our call today. You know, those figures I mentioned there, the spend and the numbers, is that where your, you know, your summation of this is, that it's a tsunami? Uh, yeah, and I think, you know, whenever we hear figures, uh, Jerry, you know, a lot of these figures are, are very, very conservative. Uh, when, it, when we talk about uh, the implications um, of a gambling addiction, you know, we, we speak about it conservatively, but, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's widespread connotations, uh, implications, so they say, and, and repercussions for somebody who, who gambles to... Um, <clears throat> to the to the point where it's reckless, and I suppose most people talk about uh, gambling in financial terms. And I think you know when you mentioned ten thousand men, it's something that shocks people initially. But uh, you know, if you if you delve further into it, it's the social issues, it's the emotional issues. It's you know, it's it's it just affects everything: relationships, family. The whole, it just affects everything, and I think. You know that's where the conversation needs to start, and that's where we need to start thinking. But certainly, 
you know, for people who are who are listening to, to, to those figures for the first time, will I'm sure find it quite startling. Startling indeed. Now you make the comparison to when you had the real problem, what fifteen or twenty years ago. It was a different world, Oshin. It wasn't as easy. Has the online thing really, you know, facilitated this becoming even a greater problem? Absolutely, Jerry. I think you know when I talked about about my struggles, I talked mainly about you know going into the bookies with cash and gambling, and 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 for the large part, I was able to keep my uh, addiction. Uh, hidden uh, from the people closest to me to the, to a large extent, and when you consider now that you know you don't have to walk into the boogies, there's no real telltale signs. It is the most secret of all the of all the addictions. It is the highest rate of suicide, and I think you know when we when we we take all that into account, and then we bring in online gambling, and we realise you know people can do it while they're sitting in the same room as you. Uh, you know, and and the effects that that has, and as I say, how secretive it is. And if we were talking about alcohol or we're talking about drugs, at some point there's telltale signs or there's mm. physical signs of somebody who is maybe struggling, or uh, you can smell the drink off somebody, or, or different things like that. So there's there's a po- there's different points where you might be able to intervene and say to somebody, listen, you know. I feel as if your your uh, your problem may be getting out of hand. With for a lot of people with gambling addiction, I mean, literally nobody around them knows about it until it's a crisis point. And I think you know, again, just to go back to it, online gambling has has uh, has spiraled that, and that has that is where the the real issue is right now. That's where the majority of bookmakers' profits comes from. So. Yeah, that, I think the online mm-hmm. gambling has, has just took it to a new level. You make uh, the point really well. It is invisible. It, it is unseen. There really are no signs and it can be hidden easily. In an ironic type of way, Oshin, I'm just thinking here, since we've uh, entered this last year of lockdown and it continues at the minute, with shops uh, that you would have gone into and others would have availed of in their locality not being open, it, it, it probably has driven more people, has it, to the online platforms? Yes, absolutely, and I think you know there's obviously you know the, the bookmaking industry are very very innovative in the way that they uh, go about attracting people, um, how they direct people. It is very very accessible for everybody now. People, you know, you know, it, it doesn't matter, uh, you know, if it's a phone or it's a tablet or it's a laptop or whatever. I mean, most people have these devices. It's very very simple to download an app and and, and away you go. So. You know, when uh, probably a startling figure for most people would be that uh, spend as far as online gambling in a time where you would think uh, financially a lot of people are struggling has gone up sixty percent during uh, during lockdown. So, like that again is is a pretty dramatic figure. Mm. And you know, I suppose again in a time where you would think you know families might get some respite because bookies are closed and different things, it's just gone to a different platform. And uh, and the people are availing of it in that way. I suppose there there is a, a certain cohort who maybe aren't in the technology who 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 uh, who are maybe getting that little bit of respite. But those people are few and far between. And it, it's changed hugely as well. You know, it was horses was the mainstay of a bookie shop and that. But sure, now you can bet on anything. Probably two uh, spiders crawling up a wall. But you know, with football, not alone results of matches, throw-ins, kicks. I know the way it's expanded. You can bet on absolutely anything. But here's the thing, Oshin. What why we're talking to you today really is my producer Louise and myself were chatting about this. And Louise was telling me last week 
that out of the blue, uh, and she wouldn't play it that often, she won €30 Euro on the National Lottery, right? So it's online now as well. The lotteries are all online. And she just realised that, you know, normally if you won, like you're talking about what you did or people did in yesteryear with a boogie shop, you'd go in with your docket into the local shop, they'd put it in the machine and they'd pay you out your €30 Euro winnings. But she was just saying to me, I probably won't do that. I'll just leave it there and keep using it. This is another thing about it, isn't it? You don't really get your hands on the cash ever. Yeah, and that, that's like there's, there's a couple of points in that, uh, Jerry. Because the, the first one is just exactly what what Louise mentioned about the fact that they, that she would feel that it's a lot easier um, to just to just use it and play away with it. I mean. That's your first thing is you, you know you're walking into the into the hands of what exactly you know the gambling company wants or, or in this case the lotto. But uh, I think a more pertinent point on this is that you know uh, the biggest influx of people into gamblers norms are women between and I think I've said this to you before women between the ages of 25 and 45 because there's different forms of gambling. You're right; it's not just horse racing anymore. There's um, you know, there's bingo sites, there's there's lotto, there's scratch cards, there's there's so many different things, mm. and there's so much accessibility to these things. You watch anybody watches uh, soaps on TV, you'll know that they're sponsored by bingo sites. That has um, introduced a whole different cohort and a whole different demographic of people uh, to gambling. So, uh, 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 I suppose an addiction that was once dominated or, or a pastime, if you like. Uh, that was once dominated by men of a certain age. Uh, that's no longer the case. Uh, kids, you know, like I can tell you, give you anecdotal evidence of of kids at 13 and 14 starting to gamble. I started to gamble at 14, but I can tell you of of lads who are who are already going into treatment at 18 and 19 years of age. Like if that doesn't, if that's not worrying, you know, the 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 people in this country who who can who can who can change that and and. And exact proper change. Well, then I, I don't know. I really don't know what will. There's extensive advertising from these companies and the lottery as well. As you say, it crosses many aspects of life where where you can you know dip into this whole issue of having a gamble. You know when you see when the fun stops, stop. You know this is a a line I'm I hear a lot of the time with one of the one of those we're talking about today. And does that really make any difference? Like the warning on the cigarette box or on the alcohol bottle. Uh, well, I suppose this is the thing that you know. And I've 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 spoke to a couple of people who who, who specialise in this in this type of thing. And and how do you get it? Uh, how do you get it into into somebody's head about about gambling? So imagine there's bookmakers now who are just fundamentally running adverts to to tell people when the fun stops stop. My my answer to that would be don't run your advertisement. Skip one of your advertisements in a day, and that will help people, or that will um, not entice people to go on and play um, whatever game you happen to be offering online. So, advertising is that complete saturation point. I think that's acceptable. I did a, a piece with Clareborn on Clareborn Show recently, where I watched a, a Premier League game, and uh, gambling. Uh, advertising that appeared 219 times and that was just during the game so we're not talking about pre-match we're not talking about half-time we're not talking about post-match so like that will tell you 
just exactly where we're at. You look at the sponsorship. You look at the people who are involved in the advertising. I mean, sporting heroes, people that, uh, you know, sporting people that young people look up that are sporting heroes. And, you know, they're involved in this advertising. And, and that's what makes advertising dangerous. And, you know, I'd be an advocate for for um, for a complete ban on gambling advertising. But if that's not realistic, uh, Jerry, then, you know, like the same as uh, alcohol is that, you know, that we have, um, a certain time of day, or you know, a watershed where, where we where we we don't allow those gambling advertisements to happen, and in particular around sport. And again, you know, your heroes, and uh, you know, and and how enticing that is for young people, and that's why young the people, and as I say, the demographic, they're just getting younger and younger. People are gambling at a, at a much younger age, and and therefore, uh, it's a problem at a, young, at a much younger age for a lot of people. I spoke to um, a local trainer here in the context of the Gordon Elliott story recently and he said to me that in terms of horse racing, he's uh, totally opposed to sponsorship of, you know, jockeys, of stables, of races, of horses, you know, with gam- by gambling companies because of, of the conflict there. It was interesting to hear uh, that aspect of things. But they do pump a lot of money in in sponsorship into sports. I know a, a couple of ho- high-profile sports have refused money recently from them. They don't think it's appropriate. So you, you're saying to me today that you would limit the advertising. Would you like to see it gone altogether? Now, I suppose that's a pipe dream. Well, utopia for people like me would be to see it, to see it gone completely because I, I see the effect that, it, that, yeah. it, that it's having. I see, you know, like, like I always think it's a stretch for me to come on to your show, Jerry, and say, look, at, you know, this is targeting young people. But I think most people would say that it's very, very, very attractive uh, to young people. It's like the marketing... Uh, at times is genius um but instead of celebrating that i think we should realize you know that the culture that that, that that's creating and the effect that that's ha- that that's having on people so yes i would like to see um think but like a lot of people think and a lot of the scaremongering uh which i think comes from from bookmaking companies is look if we pull out you know how is that sport going to survive but mm. I just look at Formula One and I look at uh, the tobacco industry and how heavily it's bo- it uh, was involved in the sponsorship of, of Formula One. And uh, Formula One is still going, still prospering. You know, it survived, and I think yes. you know uh, other sports can do the same if they uh, if they just have that realization. And, and the thing about uh, you know, you talk about horse racing and how sport and and Gamble are inexplicably linked. I mean, you know, I don't know who the trainer was you were chatting about. Uh, I mean, th- those people to come out and say that are so few and far between, and we need more people to be a bit more forthright and a bit more um, strong in, the, in their views, and we need to hear those people, you know, telling us uh, these things and telling us why, because as I say, you know, you switch on any uh, sporting event over the weekend, any of you who who is in the sport, and I'm certainly in the sport, but if you switch on a, uh, any sort of uh, sport at the weekend and you will find straight away that before match, half-time and, uh, and after the match as well, as now mm. during the game, you know, you'll be you'll be inundated with, uh, with oh, yes. advertising. Oh, yes, that's for sure. Look, before we finish, uh, advertising is one aspect of this, uh, and as you said, uh, it's a fine example of Formula One, the way it has thrived, and tobacco was completely in, in bed with that sport at one stage. What can be done with the online aspect of this? Have you a, a suggestion or two, or what would you like to see happen? 
Jerry, for me, the the biggest problem we have is we have no gambling companies are regulating themselves. If if, if people can, you know, if, if we can all try and get our head around that. So uh, when when you're regulating yourself, you, you you're not answerable to anybody really. Um, and gambling companies have just had a, basically ha- had a free reign. Uh, if you go onto a, a, a gambling app now, you'd be asked, are you over 18, to which a 13-year-old can answer yes. They don't even have to have their own credit card or debit card, and they can gamble away. And uh, they're suppo- you're supposed, basically what the, what the gambling companies are supposed to do, they're supposed to get proof that this person is over 18 within 24, 48 hours. That's not happening. It's not being followed up, on, and there's nobody there to regulate that or to, to punish them um, uh, in, in accordance with with, uh, with what the regulation is. But not having that regulation and not having that legislation, we still have the same legislation in this country as 1956. Can you imagine how much gambling has mm. changed in that time? Mm. And you know that's the start of it. But there's there's lots of other things. I mean, just get a handle on, on the advertising. I think a joined up approach and maybe. You know, cherry picking different things from that, but I think the, the biggest thing for me is to is to be able to uh, for these gambling companies to follow up and stop people at 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 years of age being able to gamble online. Because at least if you're at 18, you're making an informed adult decision. I didn't make an f- informed adult decision when I walked into boogies at 14 years of age. So therefore, when I got to 18, I was already in the midst of an addiction. So I think if we were able to do that then we will sort a lot of the issues out. I mean, and then, you know, the follow-up after that is there's very little help for people who who actually end up in crisis. And the last point, uh, Jerry, is the education. We're doing no zero education around uh, um, the pitfalls and the warning signs as far as gambling is concerned. Keep on doing what you're doing, Oshin. It is a tsunami and it affects uh, deeply families right across this country. Thank you so much for your time today. Always enjoy speaking Always to you. Pleasure, Jerry. Thank you. Take care of yourself. That's Oshin McConville there, former Armasta addiction counsellor, and he's been through the mill himself. If you have an opinion, do get in touch with us. Text only this afternoon to late lunch 086 1800 658. That's 086 1800 658 by text, or you can call in on 1850 715 958. I'll give you a riddle in a moment. Here's your riddle on Friday for a lovely little gift from LMFM Radio. Are you ready? Listen carefully. I will say this only once. I might do it twice as well. But anyway, I'll give it to you now. Here we go. Here's your riddle. A man describes a man describes his daughter saying they are all blonde but two, all brunette but two, all redhead but two. How many daughters does he have? That's an easy one today. Come on. Once more, a man describes his daughter saying, they are all blonde but two, all brunette but two, and all redhead but two. How many daughters does he have? Answers, please, to 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp. Not by WhatsApp, by text. Jeez, I'm going mad myself. WhatsApp with WhatsApp, we'll tell you later. It's text only, text only, 086-1800-658. Text the answer to the riddle in there. Or you can call Karen on 1850-715-958 if you think you know the answer. Now we're at Karen Musician. He's been missing the live gigs during lockdown. But you know what? He's been busy because he's penned an hilarious song about the pandemic and the vaccine rollout and he's on the line Eamon McDonagh hello hello how are you doing I'm really good I love this tune <laughs> thanks very much thanks ah, very much. you're very clever you really are tell us how did it come about 
It came about there a couple of evenings ago. I was sitting at home here just watching the news. And uh, like everyone else, I'd heard the term AstraZeneca about a hundred times in the last couple of weeks. And I was just looking at the news and I just thought, Jesus, that's, that sounds a bit like that song, the Cork Street song from the start of the last century, Salonica. Mm. So I said, Jesus, I could do a skit on that and change it around and make it a bit lighthearted and hopefully put a smile on a few people's faces in, 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 in these strange times. Well, you put a smile. You put a smile on this kid's face. I can tell you for sure, and not just mine. Uh, many, many more. I have to say, Eamon. Who is that brilliant young man on the whistle who's with you? That's my eldest son, uh, Kieran. Yeah, he, he, he plays a good. He plays a lot with me, and uh, that's him on the whistle. Yeah, there's my other little son is in the background there somewhere as well. He's doing the back and vocals, Colleen, and uh, he's seven. Ah. So, he he deserves a mention as well. Oh, definitely. I just didn't see him in the, you know what I mean, yeah. in the picture, but he was there. Colleen was there and he's part he and was. parcel of this trio as well. Tell us about yourself. Do You you say you're missing the gig and were you a man that was out and about a good bit playing? Yeah, I used to play I used to play a good few gigs, um, really local stuff. Now you're around Rakarn and that boy, but uh, down in Connemara as well. I used to go down a couple of times here and play a few gigs down there. Uh yeah, but since the pandemic came along, it's all stopped, and it's just mm. I've been doing a few live gigs on Facebook, all right, but and it's been it's been grand. It kept me going, but it's not the same as the live. Oh, no, Amen, come on, ah, oh, Amen, listen. God Almighty, give us a live gig again soon, will you? Let's get back to a bit of the enjoyment of life. Please, God, it will happen and we'll get sorted. And you know, it's all round this AstraZeneca. This is a dirty word now, isn't it? It's not a good word. <laughs> No, it's not. It's not. People are wondering, is it safe to take it and everything else? But I'll tell you, I'll be taking it. Cause yep. I'm fed up with things at this stage now. Good man, Eamon. And so will I be taking it. I don't give a damn. Just get it here as quick as you can and get it into our arms. And let's get out and get playing and dancing and enjoying ourselves again. We can't take much more. That is certainly the message. Anyway, you've done brilliantly. Did it take you long like, to stitch the verses together, the words? Not really, not really. No, the, the the evening I heard it on the news. Uh, that that evening, a few things, a few ideas just started coming into my head that it would be verses that could make verses for it. You know what I mean? And then the next evening, I just sat down with my son Kieran there, and we kind of finished it off. We just strung it together and we recorded it then at the kitchen counter, and that was it. So it took a, probably a couple of hours, you know, between the two evenings. Mm getting it ready in my head and then just writing it out. I can hear this reverberating deep in the ground in the mines in Tara. <laughs> <laughs> you work there, yeah? I do. I'm not underground, no. I'm up in the middle. Ah, right, right. Oh, but she can send it down as well and let them hear it in the centre of the earth because they <laughs> need to know what it's about as well. Well, does yourself, yeah. Kieran Colleen is the other the other lad, is it? The younger fella? It is, Colleen, yeah. yeah. Well, here, folks, on LMFM Radio this afternoon is Kieran. Colleen and Eamon McDonagher and we give it a first spin. It's called Roll Out the AstraZeneca. Thank you so much for joining me on the show, Eamon. Yeah, thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Take care of yourself. Or all away. Roll out the AstraZeneca all across the nation. All the lockdowns nearly broke us. It's brought us to our knees. Thank God for Arthur Guinness. And for the PUPs Roll away The roll away Roll out the AstraZeneca All across the nation
Okay, just because I'm an old softy, you see, one last time, one last time, the riddle on Friday for a nice prize from LMFM. Here it is. A man describes his daughter saying, they are all blonde but two, all brunette but two, and all redhead but two. How many daughters does he have? Answers, please, to 086-1800-658 by text only, or you can call in on 1850-715-958 if you think you know the answer. It's an easy one this Friday, but don't ask me to explain. It is an easy one. It is an easy one. I promise you. Well done to Walshistown School and the community who raised €935 for Daffodil Day today. We're going to be talking about daffodils and Daffodil Day a little bit later on. On the show with Dara McCullough, the pupils and staff enjoyed a fun-filled morning, all dressed in their spring attire. Well done to everybody. And now breaking for the Easter holidays. Just listening to the news there and that report on Drogheda that just issued today. And I am a Drogheda as I know, as you know, and I live on the north side of the town. And I will say, just on that report, it is great that it's come out with all these recommendations. But I caution this, and I say it again. If the cross route is not built from the motorway to the port, where there is planning permission at the moment for at least 5,000 houses with nothing associated with it in terms of facilities, uh, green space, you name it, a way in or a way out, there will be another report required here very, very soon indeed to deal with the catastrophe that looms without that route being funded. And I mark everybody's card on that. You can't get away from this. This is the big issue. And if it doesn't be be resolved in this calendar year, I hasten to, and I just shudder to think, what is going to come of this down the road? It's another catastrophe in Drogheda being created at this moment in time as we speak with houses being rammed in there with nothing, nothing, nothing. And that must be addressed. It must be funded by government and it must be secured by the Loud County Council. The Act has to be got together and that must be achieved with everybody working towards that or else there will be another report and there will be more bad times ahead for the town of Drogheda. Just thought I'd mention that this afternoon, my little soapbox piece today, but I mean it sincerely. I really do. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. We move on on the show today. I came across my next guest by total accident last weekend. And when I tell you that she produces mugs, they're called swear mugs. I'll tell you one thing, folks. I could have had an entire range to myself, as Louise and everybody (laughs) would attest to, when I'm not on here between half one and half three. Well, I am delighted on late lunch today to say hello to Jay Moore. Hello, Jay. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. And I'll tell you more about that range of mine in in a few moments' time. But first, (laughs) let me congratulate you on this. And what I didn't realise when I came across this is you're really only taking baby steps. It's only a few weeks on, is it, from you started actually producing them? I actually only got the machine about six weeks ago. I sat down to make a mug five weeks ago. Um, and it's just kind of snowballed. It turns out that people really like these kind of mugs. Um, it's given people a smile across the country. I, When I saw that it was in the paper last Saturday, I just, oh, the excitement in our house because, you know, a new business mm. and you're kind of seeing how will it go. Um, it's just been phenomenal, the response, you know. Mm. And how did it start originally? Did you, did you just uh, do something within the family or produce a mug or how did it actually begin? 
I have been going on about making mugs for <laughs> years and I finally got the opportunity to get the machine. And one of my friends said, oh, will you put one that I can't announce on air? Could you put that on a mug? And I said, oh, I'll sit down. And as I sat down to make it, a kind of design process came along where they started to be clear mugs, quite floral and quite pretty so that you look at them and you go, what a beautiful mug. And then you go, wait a second, what's that actually say? And that kind of gave me this giggle and I was sitting down drinking from this mug, giggling to myself about how it looked. And I thought, hmm, maybe somebody else would like this. So within 48 hours, I'd made the website, I'd made a Facebook page and I threw myself in. I thought the worst thing that can happen is I'm just going to have 100 mugs in my house and uh, (laughs) I'll be sorted for the rest of my life for mugs who won't be short. You know, (laughs) And away it went. And I believe you're inundated with orders and requests, are you? Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of them as well, you know, it's because I do a mixture of custom orders as well as the ones that are on the site. So it's great fun to get to see all those different sayings all around the country that I mightn't have thought of. I have my Waterfordisms and I have the general Irishisms, but, you know, I'm getting these little ones from little tippets from all different places and I'm getting a laugh out of making them myself. My husband, when he's in the office with me when I'm doing it, and he can hear me process an order. Is he? He keeps laughing because he'll hear me going pink handle and some kind of thing that I can't announce on air. But the kind of stuff that is yes. just finds it very funny to listen to me potter around the office with these mugs. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm so sorry today. I can't, you know, say some of the words that are on the mugs. Absolutely. But, uh, no, but we're in a watershed here, and even if we weren't in a watershed, we probably couldn't say some of them either. But here's the thing. <laughs> Uh, you, you have uh, two young children as well and you're, you're, you're off work at the moment. Might this not have happened because of circumstances, do you think? Um, I'm off work a good while now as well. Yeah. I actually ended up having to come out of work early when COVID kicked in right. because um, I have an autoimmune illness. And so I had to take some extra time off. So I suppose I was at home. I had a lot of time to think during that time about, and a lot of time, I think, all of us have had a bit of a stressful year and think about things that would make me smile and would make people smile. Mm. Um, but yeah, if I didn't have... Well, the other thing is, you see, I've actually been blessed with children that never sleep. So I have an, a lot of extra hours in the day to do things like this. <laughs> um, so when Max came along, my youngest, he's eight months now. Um, yeah, I just, I'm at home and I said I'd give it a go. Isn't it great? You have a cottage industry with your new machine and you don't have to go anywhere. No commute and the orders are coming to you. Oh, this is just a lovely new story. It really is. What's your best seller? Can you, can you, can you say what's on the mug? Or what do you think could be, you know, you're only five weeks at this. People are looking and I've looked at the various uh, sections you have on your website, which is great that you have it so soon. Is there anything there that you think is attracting attention more than others that you can say on the airwaves today? Um, I can say part of one of the most popular okay. ones, the one that says, I do not spew profanities, I enunciate them clearly. <laughs> um, that's one of the, that has a dot, dot, dot at the end of yes, it. But, um, that one is quite popular. And what I'm finding really popular is the Waterfordisms. And I'm actually finding them popular outside of Waterford, which I didn't expect. But there's people who've moved to Dublin or different parts of the country and their friends are buying them for them as gifts to kind of 
give them a little piece of home because it's not even about not being able to see your friends at the minute. A lot of us can't see our families. We can't travel to see, you know, Mm. it's connecting people in that way and giving them a little piece of home. I didn't expect the Waterford ones, I suppose, to sell as well outside. Well, Butty. Well yeah, done. I love that one. That was the one I've well. written down here. I have to say, well, well, buddy, my mother, my mother years ago used to say, oh, that, that person is a little, you know, a little bit butty, you know, and there'd be a little bit yeah. round or that, you know what I mean? In, in the shape yeah. of that. I love that one. Well, buddy, that is a Waterford. Would you say that's a Waterford saying? I would have thought it was a Waterford yeah. saying, but I'm actually finding it's actually a little bit more national mm. than I realised because that I one is so. quite popular. I think and so. Then, People really like the Loves Me County, which again was the Waterford one, but somebody had me um, change it up so it has Loves Me County on one side and on the other side it has Up the Dubs. Yeah. So, you know, anything can be changed up yes. and kind yes. of made however people like it. So, yeah, no, it's yeah. really exciting. And, you know, especially this week, the excitement that we've had in the house and then, you know, I've started a collaboration with another company, the Book Resort, this week as well. So my mugs are going out with them. Yeah. Um, and then the paper and then, you know, I actually I was joking to my husband, I was saying I'm going to have to make myself a mug that says, Look at your one in our notions and <laughs> um, because between being on the radio and in the paper and everything, I won't completely lose the run myself. Ah, <laughs> uh, you won't. You won't. You're too nice, Jay. You really are. I look at some of the others and I, and this is another one I remember from my childhood and folks, this isn't bless blasphemous. I used to hear it said many times, Jesus, Mary and Holy Saint Joseph. That's so funny. My mom asked me for that one. <laughs> that was a custom order my mom asked me for. Yeah, and that brings us all back to our childhood. Yeah, it does. Yeah, me, I can still hear my mother, you know, yeah, when something went wrong in the house. That was the one she went. And she was a very religious woman, you know what I mean? But she went yeah. for that all of the time. <clears throat> I'm going to say this one. I think there are a lot of people you could you could get this mug for, folks. You know the person that you want to do something will you tidy that up or will you will you close that door or will you will you do so you know what I'm getting at and this is the mug you should get for them I will in me hole That was what I wasn't going to say on air. Oh, listen, yeah, I took the chance. I took the chance. I'll probably be up in front of the BAI. But look, it was worth it just to say it once, I have to that say. One is, that is popular. And, you know, and what we're finding really fun in our house at the minute as well is any conversation that we're having between ourselves. Because, you know, every house in Ireland, we all have our little Irishisms thrown mm. in. That we might, you know, you'll say something like my husband might say, I will, yeah, and, or something similar. And we'll go, oh, let's put that in the mug, you know, and then yeah. we run in and it goes on the idea board. So, yeah, so there's loads of, oh, there's so many phrases we have. And I'm going to mm. do the Irish mammy as well, um, because that's just a whole other world of giggles. I think we all have the, a soft spot there, you know. Yeah, and I know you were saying to Louise, you're going to broaden your, as you mentioned, you realise that like the one uh, body, it, it may be, you know, uh, all over the country that it was, it was just not a Waterford thing. And you're looking for people to, you know, suggest to you very popular ones in different regions now. Now, our Louise was saying to me, oh, she says, Tommy Leddy has to be a model for that. Now, I don't know whether you know Tommy, but Tommy owns the sound shop and the TLT theatre. And he's one of the most famous men in music in the country. People come from all over the country to the sound shop for their musical requirements. And he has a saying. Did you ever hear it? Tommy Leddy too, yeah. I did my research. Did you? <laughs> did you? I did, yeah. yeah. So I was, I, we have a family friend. They're from Drogheda. 
Um, and they were giving, I, I asked them because I wanted to know some mm. of your own isms up that end of the country. And they were saying, oh, Tommy Leddy too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So no, and really popular. he's a really popular man. And he's a, he, he had, you'd hear him regularly here on LMFM Radio. But his saying is actually this, Jay. He says, and this is, when you interview him, I've interviewed him. He signs off every time with this. He says, bye bye now. So, <laughs> bye bye now is Tommy saying, and you know, people in this. Ah, that makes sense. You understand? Yeah, yeah. Bye bye now. But you know what people actually say now? It's that famous in this neck of the woods. Instead of saying when they're going away from you, friends of mine, and instead of saying bye bye to me, do you know what they say? Bye bye now. They say, Tommy Letty. Tommy Letty. And then we know, you know, Tommy Letty, bye bye now. So they just say, Tommy Letty. That's how famous that man is and is saying as well. That's just one that springs to my mind. There's loads and there's loads all over the country as well. I think you're onto something big here. Well, even if I could just give a couple of people a laugh, that was, yes. you know, like I said, we've all just had a bit of a rubbish year, however we feel about whatever is going on at the minute. So just to give people a giggle. Yeah. And if I give 10 people a giggle or I give 50 people a giggle, I'm happy, do you know? So, yeah. And it's keeping it's keeping me focused on something that isn't looking at numbers and doom and gloom yes. and restrictions. It's yes. just a little giggle every night, you know? Oh, giggle is right. And there are hair-raising words in there, I can tell you, sure, folks. <laughs> You'll have to look at it yourself. We can't say them today, but go into the website. It's swearmugireland.com. That's swearmugireland.com. You do customise? I do. Ah, I do, yeah. great. And then, um, actually, with the customised mugs, if it's something that I think would be nice on the website, and if someone is willing to actually let me use it, I do their mug at a reduced rate, or I yeah. give them a discount code for future sales. Um, you know, if it's something I didn't think of, but I thought maybe a few people might like it. Yeah. Ah, well, I love it. You brought a smile to my face last weekend. I said to Louise, go get her, Roy, and she got you is right, Jay Moore. I'm <laughs> delighted for you. I wish you well, as I said I think you're onto something really special there keep up the great work and I'm sure there'll be many more sayings to come and your beautiful mugs over the weeks months and years ahead thank you for joining me on the show thank you thank you Tommy Lady <laughs> <laughs> I love it I love it well done yes isn't she brilliant she's full of fun Jay Moore there swearmugireland.com on your late lunch apologies if you heard it and not a little bad word there do you know the way they do that at the golf do you ever watch the golf now at night time and you see with no no spectators in it picks up everything and Rory hits the ball out into somebody's swimming pool <laughs> now when the swear mug's there for sure late lunch LMFM radio stay with us on the show we have lots more to come she's raring to go she is a book of the month for you she has other recommendations besides she's brilliant she's our book reviewer Margaret Madden coming up shortly on the show short break back in a mo. Ah, my, your generosity is something else. I'm nearly there. I have only three more walks to do to make it 40 days and nights for Slav. This weekend, I finish on Sunday. Listen to this. Jerry. here's a little donation towards your good cause. I don't do GoFundMe, so I decided to have it dropped into the radio station and you can pass it on. Love your show. Keep up the great work. Kind thoughts. And that comes from Mairead Matthews in Dundalk this afternoon. Mairead. You're so good. Thank you indeed. And thank you for the lovely little card. I want to say a big thank you. Oh, Louise, Louise, Joan Finnegan, the bacon, mm-hmm. the, Joan, Joan. Oh, thanks Happy birthday so again, much. again, again, Jerry. Joan set me up. <laughs> 
a rake of stuff for me birthday and it's I'm six months away from it. It's for last year's birthday she sent it after me. Joan, you're so, so kind. Good. And what I've done is there was so much in it, Joan, and a little piece of Christmas pudding, Louise. <gasps> no way. I didn't tell you about that. Oh, Nobody's getting that. that. That's just for this kitty here. I, I've shared around the house here and Joan, you fed the nation. You fed the nation. You really have. She's a great baker, our Joan. She is. And Eamon Doyle said to say hello to you, Joan, this afternoon. Worked with you many moons ago and loved you to bits. Joan, thanks for the baking and the wonderful donation as well for Slam. Lovely. Much appreciated. An anonymous came in in an envelope there. I don't know who it's from. Two of them uh, with just the cash for you, Jerry. Uh, whoever you are, thank you so much. To the Townleys, Paddy and Patricia, who made a wonderful donation to Slab mm. this morning. We are so grateful. The family are so grateful. Paddy and Patricia, thank you so much indeed for your kindness. We really, really do appreciate it. And like I'm finishing up on Sunday and we will be talking to Nadia uh, Slav's mammy uh, here on the show on Tuesday next. We'll just let it all settle down on Monday. But we're going great guns and it's been a privilege and a pleasure to help somebody over the last 40 days and nights. Now, Louise, it's a huge day in our family tomorrow. Do you know why, Louise? Why? That's a big birthday. (gasps) Yes, Miss Ava Flynn. Is six years old tomorrow. Oh Can my you believe gosh. she's six? Six. Do you remember? You I remember, remember being at home, getting breakfast ready and getting a text from you that you were a granddad. Yes. A little girl. When she was born, back mm. then. Where have those six years gone? They really and have flown. Boy, has she grown up. She lost her first tooth yesterday. Mm. The first little tooth came out. And there was a search in the classroom <laughs> and the schoolyard and they couldn't find it anywhere. Oh, they couldn't find it anywhere. There was an SOS in the school. Anyway, I hope the fairies came, Louise. They generally come, don't they? they Whether do. they the tooth come. is under the pillow or that. I believe the fairies know, they're watching, they know when the teeth go and they arrive and hopefully she get, well, I'll find out a little bit later on. Anyway, it's her second year in lockdown. For birthday. It was locked down oh, last yeah. year, locked down again this year. No pals over. So, you know, no, 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 it's very, really, really restricted. But we're going to celebrate tomorrow. We're going to celebrate from a distance for sure tomorrow. And she's going to have a great day and she's going to get loads of lovely presents from all her family, uh, from the Flynns and the Kellys and everybody else. And you know what? She's a great dancer. She loves dancing. Oh, she loves music. She misses her dancing and her hip hop. Oh, she's, that she a, yeah, to. the hip hop. She's full of movement. She loves all that type of thing. Of course, she's my number one gardener. You know that. You know that. <laughs> she's I can't, amazing. I can't. She knows so much in the garden. She helps me all the time. She wonders. And you know that we have a little hedgehog called Harry. Mm. Yes. Still Harry the, the Hedgehog. He's there and he's down. He's in my garden. He'll be waking up now after the winter. He lives down in our compost bins and we have stories about him all the time. And I miss telling her those stories when she'd stay over. But she'll be staying with us again soon. I know that. Anyway, Miss Ava Flynn is six years of age tomorrow. It's her birthday. And I know... She loves this one. Just for you, Ava. Love you to bits from all of us. It's Katy Perry and birthday. Happy birthday. Yes, happy birthday, Ava. Six tomorrow. Big birthday day coming up and have a really, really happy one indeed. Ah, yes. Looking forward to tomorrow and celebrating from a distance, of course, this time round again. Please, God, this will be the... The year that the distance birthdays and the no weddings and the absence of people from funerals and everything will come to the end of this sooner rather than later with vaccination. And that's we've got to keep our focus on that prize. We really do. And I know it's not easy for anybody, but... 
that's the way things will turn out and I'm confident they will as these weeks pass by. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Are you down a bicycle? Have you had a bicycle whipped or stolen on you, misplaced? You might have left it somewhere and it's gone and somebody has it. Well, I'll tell you who have bicycles. Dundalk Garda Station have a lot of bicycles at the moment and they want to reunite them with their rightful owners. If you've lost a bike in the Dundalk or Greater Dundalk area in the last year or so, give them a shout. The policing unit, and uh, you can get in touch with them at dundalk.community at garda.ie. That's dundalk.community at garda.ie. The only thing is you will have to, of course, prove your ownership of the bicycle. Short break on LMFM Radio, and yes, she's with us, one of our most valued regulars. It's our book review, our book club time on Late Lunch with Margaret Madden next. Back with her wonderful recommendations, including Book of the Month. Yes, you know her so well. Margaret Madden, good afternoon. Hi, how you doing, Jerry? First, before the books, how is the new greyhound? Oh, stop. She's adorable. Adorable. She's chasing Sadie the pug, though, around <laughs> as if she's a hare. So <laughs> we have to keep an eye on them. <laughs> she's lovely. I just wanted to say that. Yeah, I've been uh, keeping an eye on you. She's just arrived this week and enjoy her. It's a beautiful, beautiful dog. Anyway, let's talk books and begin with your book of the month. I want to say this to you about your book of the month for a start. It is to be published very shortly on the 1st of April. And the book, the author of the book, he made an absolutely outstanding debut back in 2008 with Bad Day at Black Rock, which led to a movie called What Richard Did. Many people would remember that movie. Has he been quiet enough? on? I know he's writing away and he's teaching and everything, but there hasn't been much in between in terms of books. No, there hasn't. And I was kind of wondering what had happened to him. You know, um, <laughs> we've never met, but I was a huge fan of Bad Day and Black Rock. I, I used it in the symposium myself and my, my first one. So I'll always be, kind of be connected to it. Um, and then this just randomly appeared in my book post. Uh, as you know, I get advanced copies mm. and I squealed out loud. I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> and dived straight into it. And it did not disappoint. Now, as you said, it's not out until the 1st of yep. April. So I did kind of squish it in a bit early but people can take a note of this I myself and uh, Declan has read it too we just loved it Okay and it's called White City by Kevin Power White City by Kevin Power is the name of the book it's about a, a, a lad called Ben who's in rehab his life has gone off the rails a bit it has. So you're, you're, you're introduced with him um, in the rehab and then he's kind of retrospectively looking back at what brought him there. And uh, it, there's, a, there's a long journey to get there, but it's, it's fascinating. So basically his father um, is a corporate banker and has been investigated for his involvement in the collapse of the economy. Um, so you can imagine this is loosely based on someone we know. Yep. Um, so all of a sudden, this life that he was so used to over in uh, South County Dublin uh, is kind of being pulled, the rug has been pulled from under his feet, his entitlement and, and all the pleasures and influence and, you know, pretty much like what we're reading in the paper today, I think, about the vaccine and the, the private schools and the, the Beacon Hospital, all that has kind of going to disappear on him. Um, he has he's mid PhD, but he's not really feeling it. And he meets a girl. Um, girl enjoys taking drugs recreationally, and he he starts to partake. But while she's managing it, he he's not. He spirals out of control, and um, he's lost contact with his family. He is in an absolutely crappy job, 
and he bumps into a former classmate from the South uh, Dublin school that we could probably again guess where it is and uh, all of a sudden he's been offered the chance of a lifetime, the chance to make a quick book and that involves property deals in the Balkans. And you know he jumps at this because of the situation he finds himself in but like many of these things it's a little bit too good to be true. Looks too good to be true. Yeah. It is too good to be mm-hmm. true, and he makes the mistake of trusting a former classmate, even though he knows that classmate was probably not the most genuine person originally. Yes, um, but because of the situation that he's in, he's just said he'll take a chance. It'll, it'll should only take somewhere between two and six weeks, you know, and it's a quick turnaround. And uh, yeah, <laughs> it is uh, a bit of a roller coaster of a ride, yes. and. Um, just the writing is so dark and comedic and um, really, it, my husband said it, it reminded him of a real life Russell Carroll Kelly situation, mm. you know, mm. um, that you, you couldn't make it up. But, but these things do happen. Yes. So White City by Kevin Power out on the 1st of April. Put it on your to read list. Margaret Madden highly recommends it because it is our book of the month. White City, Kevin Power, long time in the making, but worth waiting for, as they say. Now we move on. Your next one is a, a thriller and it's called A Good Father. Uh, sorry. Yes, yeah, that's right. It is the thriller. It's A Good Father. I have it here. Sorry. A Good Father by Catherine Talbot. Now, this is another debut novel that seems to really have hit the ground running. Yeah, um, there's, there's been a good bit of coverage on this book as well, yeah. and deservedly so. Um, Catherine Talbot, an Irish writer, who I think she's written short stories before, but this is her first uh, novel. And it, while it's a thriller, it's a psychological thriller, so, you know, it's not a, um, a serial killer kind of yes. book. However, there is, it does open, and I mean, one of these amazing books opens with the most amazing line, and it's where Des, who's um, a man in his early 40s, I think, um, married with three children, um, states that he's going to kill his wife and three children. Um, straight away, you know, that's straight off the bat. Yes. And basically, he has this persona of being this wonderful father. He does everything with the kids. He coaches the the local football team. He's the one that makes all their meals, um, drive, drives them around and carpooling. You know, this good father. Yeah. Um, but, but he... He even admits at the very beginning, in such a narcissistic way, um, that he's not going to kill himself because, you know, why would he? He doesn't even have a shotgun. All these suicide murders that you hear of throughout Ireland usually involve a mm. shotgun, and he doesn't have one. You know, uh, yes. <laughs> he's just such a psychopath. Mm. Um, but basically the whole book is, why does he want to do this? What is going on? Um, how can somebody who appears so outwardly normal be so inwardly horrific? Yeah. You know, um, Street Angel, House Devil, you know that old yeah. saying? Or you just don't know what's going on behind, behind closed doors. Behind closed doors. And I think that in a, in a nutshell sums up this book because this fella, he's abusive, he's jealous, he manipulates. Oh, man, he's not a nice guy. No, he's not. And nobody else sees it. It's just the subtle things that he's tiny little things like telling his wife what she should wear and um, that her newspaper of choice is trash and... You know, just tiny little things that you can see building up and up and yeah. up. And you want to know what, what what's going on. Mm. A good Very father good. not, may we, may we say. A good father not. But the book is called A Good Father by Catherine Talbot. It's a debut novel. Margaret loves it. And as you say, it's been written about extensively and it's got a very warm reception. Indeed, you mentioned about the opening. 
don't give away the dramatic conclusion. I won't. You won't. I know. (laughs) Anyway, that's a second one for your list. Okay, and the thriller. Now, we're on to fiction now. And this one, I have this book sitting beside me. And I will be interviewing Rebecca Hardiman uh, over the coming weeks. And it is another debut novel called Good Eggs. Now, this is something much lighter. This is basically for fans of, say, Marion Key's family sagas, where she just does it so brilliantly. And this is about the Gogarty family. We have Millie, who's the eccentric granny, um, who lives on her own in the bigger old house. Um, she's mad. She drives around in a small car, but she's as blind as a bass, and she's sore shoulder, and she's banging into things in supermarkets in the car, and she shouldn't really be driving at all. Um, she goes around with, like, a a leopard skin fedora on her head all year round and she has a bit of a penchant for shoplifting from the local garage and gets caught and the guards are called in and she's stealing the most random things like um, christening birthday or christening cards and, mm. and packets of potato that she doesn't eat. And Anyway, so then we meet her stepson who comes to bail her out, uh, Kevin. Um, he's been part of her life since he was only a few months old. And he's a stay-at-home dad whose wife works away a lot um, in Dubai, places like that. And he looks after the four kids, um, of which there's a set of twins, um, who are, there are rivals, the two of them. They never stop at each other. And um, he's decided to send Aideen, the troublesome one, as he calls her, to boarding school. So you have her story as well. And uh, a home carer is brought in to look after Millie in her house, so you get her voice too. It's just so funny. It's really, really cleverly done. Mm. And I am absolutely in love with Millie, the eccentric granny. I want to be her. Actually, I think I might be her. I just don't have any grandchildren. <laughs> There's plenty of time. There's yeah. plenty of time, Margaret. We'll going around with all my, my dogs and my wellies <laughs> and my, my tea dresses. I, I definitely feel a bit of Millie now. Oh, yes. And, and there's no doubt that that carer uh, with um, the uh, American background certainly is like an explosion into the whole story and family. Yeah. you got to get this book and read it again it's a newbie but uh, you loved it yeah I did and I definitely think if, if people like uh, Marion Keys and okay. that kind of um, fun um, escapism it'll be perfect Good Eggs by Rebecca Hardiman and we just have time to squeeze in the fourth and this is a, a non-fiction book it's by Ellen Coyne and you're giving all the newbies an outing today well done to you Margaret Madden I love that promoting new Irish writing Are You There God It's Me Ellen is the name of the book by Ellen Coyne Yeah it's a play on, on the title of the book Are You There God It's Me Margaret Reed, yeah. Judy Bloom So basically um, Ellen Coyne is a journalist a well-known journalist and it's, it's her um, it's kind of like a really long essay rather than a, a I don't know what you'd call it basically I just picked it up because I just thought it was a very clever play on words and she like many of us kind of abandoned the church after all the the scandals and all the horrible stories that were coming out and we kind of just said we don't do not want to be involved in this institution anymore but also similar to me she starts to miss the rituals and the traditions and the community spirit and so what she decides to do is re, re-examine her faith in the Catholic Church and to speak to priests and to ask questions. Um, and so you're getting the reactions and very different reactions from different priests, I have to say. Kind of shocking, some of the, the reactions yeah. that she got. And dismissive and rude and, and obstreperous. And then some lovely warm ones at the same time. So she dwells on things like the referendums 
which I think she actually dwelled on those a little too much. I would have liked to have hear her thoughts more about the abuse scandals. Yes. And there are no answers in this book. It's just a reflection on religion and what, what it means to someone who grew up a Catholic and then kind of lost faith and now kind of is in her 30s wanting to kind of get back a bit of faith and it's yeah. the right thing to do. It's, it's very clever, you know. Mm. It, it made me think a lot. There was a lot of things in it that I didn't agree with, um, but there were also moments of it where I thought, yeah, I do miss going to a good old Catholic um, wedding, for example. She mentions that as well. Humanist weddings are lovely, but they're just not the same. They're t- 15 minutes long, you know. Mm. You kind of miss the, the rituals. And yes, Yes, yeah. I know there is a distinct difference. I've been yeah. at both myself as well, that is for sure. But look, the tenet of this book is, here is somebody who has reared a Catholic traditionally, uh, left, uh, was abhorred by some of the, and a lot yeah. of the things that went on, but feels she's still, you know what I mean? She's still within the faith. And should she be in there, you know, active as some uh, priest suggested to her? Yeah, and she, she met these priests and, and made appointments to see them and everything. It was yeah. all done very, very well, and it, they were being recorded. They knew they were, and still some of them were absolutely awful to her. Mm. Um, but mm. she uh, met some fabulous ones, too. Yes. They were like, look, yes. love is what this is about. Caring is what this is about. Community is what this is about. And I just wish the Catholic Church, sometimes myself, on my own opinion, that they would start listening to those words a little bit yep. more. You know, I hear what you're saying. Are you there, God? It's me, Ellen, by Ellen Coyne, published late last year and widely available like the rest that we've spoken about today. Crackers there. You won't be short over the coming weeks if you pick up a couple of those or all of them. You'll enjoy. Margaret, until the next time, you're a star. We love you. Thanks so much. Bye, Jerry. See you. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. That's Margaret Madden there bringing us her book of the month and more besides on your late lunch this Friday. Back in a moment and we're talking daffodils. Today is Daffodil Day and I've always been a big supporter of the day going way back and I encourage you to support Daffodil Day in any way you can and this morning I posted a wee picture of my some of my daffs growing in a tub at home just to uh, herald the day. Now he's our favourite farmer on late lunch. In fact I think he's the favourite farmer of the nation. Yes, Elm Grove Farm near Gormanston in County Mead. You know him well on late lunch. Darren McCullough, afternoon. Afternoon to you, Jay. No pressure now for me, yeah? <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> no bother to you, Darren. Well, listen, tell them how many daffs you grow there. Uh, we pick about 10 million stems a year and they're all individually hand-picked. There is no machine yet that can pick a daffodil, leave the leaf behind so that the bulb can keep on producing year after year. So I have a, a squad of pickers out in the field from the first week in January. I mean, it's pretty cool out there today. It's a bit squally. Um, but I can tell you, it's a lot kinder out there today for pickers than it was maybe 10 or 12 weeks ago so we're still picking because we grow 30 different varieties they flower sequentially right throughout the springtime and that's how we guarantee all our customers the freshest of Irish flowers right through the spring And when do you finish? When will the season end for you Dara? We'll be picking, we're kind of, we're, we're, we're on the tail end of it now, yeah? Mm. So whereas I might have had 30 pickers out in the field at peak, you know, kind of mid-February through to mid-March, we're down to probably about 10 pickers in the field now. Yeah. So um, we'll keep on, but we're coming into all the unusual stuff now. So we've got scented varieties, we've got 
double-headed ones or like rosette heads. We've got Tazetta types if you for the Dastel nerds out there. They're the multi-headed ones. And uh, so it's not just the yellow trumpets anymore. You've got, you know, kind of orange cups and you've got red yeah. cups and whites and all kinds of lovely... lovely They're lovely. Colors. They're lovely. And yeah. you have such a range as well. Now, the thing is, in in your work and your business, you're supporting the Irish Cancer Society. We are. Um, so traditionally... Uh, for Daftal Day, we would have uh, given about, you know, maybe about 300,000 odd stems a year to Irish Cancer. Now, we, we we charge them the basic cost of picking the flower, but it's a way reduced rate. So yeah. just that, um, and it was our way of, of helping out. And, you know, there was the, the fundraisers in Drodden and Dock and all around the area used to call in Lizanne Allen and Ruth Kieran, all these people year after year togging out and uh, raising hundreds of thousands of euro for Irish cancer. Last year, of course, was the first that's the day that fell victim to uh, the first lockdown. And because it came so soon after the first lockdown, everyone was still in uh, basically in a bit of a heap and they weren't thinking too much about that's the day. However, we could see what way the ball was going to hop this year when we started picking in January. We could see that we were heading for an extended lockdown and we wanted to be able to do something for cancer. Obviously, there isn't the usual fundraising um, out on the street yeah. for people selling flowers. So we said, well, why don't we launch a, you know, a springtime bouquet with daffodils and tulips and give 10% to Irish cancer? And it has gone a bomb. It sells online, Jerry, And we reckon we will be right now to check at the end of this week for over 5,000 euros well for Irish done. cancer. Well yeah, done to you, Dara. Isn't that Everyone's great? The winner. And people can still order from Elm Grove Farm, Daffs, and that bouquet you mentioned. It doesn't stop today. You can order away. That's right. And, uh, I mean, we'll still be picking daffodils and we'll still have fresh Irish tulips coming into the mix. And, of course, you know, Daffs Day is so, so important. But, you know, the the, <laughs> the requirement for the Irish Cancer Society continues well beyond today. It's a year round. And we've actually requested that our money is, is ring-fenced for the nursing service because I feel that positive care, that care that the, the Irish Cancer Society uh, funds is so, so important. I mean, we were involved in another little thing there recently with uh, the Drogheda Dolls, which is a big Facebook book group there in Drogheda. Yes. Um, where they reached out to one of their, their members. And, you know, it's just so nice, Jerry, to be involved in something that we can produce on the farm that brings so much joy into people's lives. Yes, Eileen, of course, we've spoken to her, Eileen Rush, on the show many times, and I saw that. It was wonderful indeed, and it's great that you're part of that. I'm just, as I'm talking to you here, I'm looking, I'm on your website here, uh, having a look at the various, oh, they're beautiful, the various bouquets and that there. And don't forget the Great Irish Farm book is there as well. What a gift for a child that is. Anyway, lmgrovefarm.ie, all the details are there. You can order and they'll be freshly delivered to your home ASAP. That's the one, Jerry. You've got it in one. Ah, uh, Dara, listen, let you back there. I know you're busy with the crew. It's always lovely to talk to you, and you're so obliging to us as well. Happy Daffodil Day, Dara. Right back at you, Jerry. <laughs> God bless you. Take care of yourself. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's Dara McCullough there. Of course, I've ear to the ground fame. He's a great fella, and he's a real mix farm up there, and all he does. But the flowers. 
10 million stems. Wow, that's a lot of daffs. It certainly is. Late lunch, LMFM radio. Still to come on the show after news, weather and sport at three o'clock. I round off the Christy Moore story. Leon Blanche looks ahead to the weekend in sport. And we have another big birthday wish to get to. Oh, we'll get to it after three, I promise you. Stay with us. A man describes his daughter saying, they're all blonde but two, all brunette but two. And all redhead but two. How many daughters does he have? A range of answers today, but predominantly, yes, most of you are right. And thanks indeed for participating. The answer is three. He has a blonde, a brunette and a redhead. Three is the answer we were looking for. And a little surprise from LMFM is making its way to Carolina McCabe Trainer in Lobenstown, outside Navin in County Mead. Well done to you and thanks to everybody. And we'll have another riddle for you on Friday next. Now, I mentioned there was another birthday we have to mention tomorrow. And a span of years between our Ava and Patsy Walsh. Yes, Patsy Walsh is 85 years young today. Your mammy, Louise, is 85. My mammy. Happy birthday, mammy. Uh, we'll get to see you because of the lockdown, but oh, thinking know, of you. I know, and everybody and all the clan are thinking of you. All girls. Five girls. Yeah. God love her. Patsy. Patsy. <laughs> you're a great woman. And you're an even greater woman <laughs> to have reared Louise Walsh, I have to say. I tip me happy. I agree. And here on a serious note, she's got both the vaccines, hasn't she? Yeah, she got the last one uh, last Friday. So, well done. Well done. And she's been well after the vaccines. Yeah, no yeah. side effects. Thank God. Very, very good. So there you are, Patsy. You can head. What was the big disco in Navin, you know, before lockdown? Where would you go where love stories begin? Gosh, just before it or in, in Well, our, in your in day, time. even in your day. Oh, it was probably the Ardboyne or Beach Mountain. I'd say Patsy was off and down there in the early hours waiting for you. <laughs> I think she gave up on me <laughs> I'd say she did give up on you that's right anyway Patsy have the happiest of birthdays today and health and happiness for many many years to come uh, you're a great great happy woman. birthday mommy there you go anyway another big birthday request on late lunch today and we move on with the final instalment of the Christy Moore story my artist of the week you know he's well known for his political and social commentary, which reflects a left-wing Republican perspective, an influence unlike music that didn't come from his mother, Nancy. His mother was a Fine Gael councillor in Kildare. In fact, she even ran for the doll as well. He recorded songs in support of the H-Block prisoners, Bobby Sands, Bloody Sunday in Derry. He also backed the anti-nuclear movement in Ireland. I remember that as well, the Carnsore concerts, the Stardust fire victims and their families, the plight of the Palestinian people, the tragic death of Anne Lovett and her newborn baby, and the list goes on. Did you know this? His Ordinary Man album had to be withdrawn from sale by court order because of the lyrics in that Stardust song called They Never Came Home. Unbelievable, wasn't it? He was also once famously stopped, detained and questioned at Hollyhead. Uh, In 2004 it was, about his songs and lyrics by the UK authorities under the Protection of Terrorism Act. Oh my God, it gets even crazier. But Christy, he said about that incident that it was frightening and disturbing at the same time. So today, there's only one way to finish my tale of Christy with, in my book, one of his finest political verses about the Irishmen who fought against Franco and fascism in the Spanish Civil War.
Let us remember them tonight. Oh, doesn't that just get the hair standing on the back of your neck? I saw him doing that live. I wasn't at it at the Barrowlands in Glasgow. Oh my word. Unbelievable song. La Quinta Brigada bringing the curtain down on the Christy Moore story on Late Lunch this week. Let us remember them tonight. You're so good to remember, Slav. 40 days and nights. GoFundMe.com Oxygen for Slav. If you can do anything over the weekend, it'll be much appreciated. Just the f- interrupt into the uh, post box there. Don't know when. Just hand it in to me. Donna Kearney, County Meath, whoever you are. And another donation. Thank you so much from my heart. Final break of the week on Day on Late Lunch. And we're back with a look ahead to the weekend in sport. It's soccer all the way with Leon Blanche. It's that time again on Friday. We're looking ahead to the weekend in sport. And it's soccer all the way this week. And international soccer to begin with. Yes, Ireland 3-2. They lost in Serbia during the week. Decent performance. They're at home to Luxembourg on Saturday tomorrow. Surely, Leon Blanche, this is a win. Well, look, Jerry, I hope so. And you know something? I watched that game against Serbia and we played really well probably for an hour. Um, we were trying to pass the ball. We had a real strong shape to us. I've been saying this for a long time. Ireland need to play with three at the back and two wing-backs because Doherty and Stevens are brilliant as wing-backs. Seamus Coleman was excellent against Serbia and he can play in the three as he does with Everton on numerous occasions. Great to see two goals being scored, two good goals. The first goal was exceptional. Great ball in by Robinson. Great finish by Brown. And even the second goal, great work by Shane Long. Even though it came late in the game and we to get the second goal, it just shows you that with a bit of purpose about this Ireland side, we could do a lot better than what we've done in Stephen Kenny's first seven or eight games. The keeper, in my opinion, was at fault for two goals, but I'm not going to blame him. He's a young lad. He's only 21. He pulled off a good save. But you're right. We have to beat Luxembourg. But as you saw, Jerry, in the opening game in this group, Portugal only beat Azerbaijan 1-0 with an own goal. So, you know, these minnow nations have got closer to the better nations. There's no doubt in my mind about that. But hopefully, beat Luxembourg. We're odds-on favourites to do so. I hope Kenny goes with the same setup, the same formation. Hopefully, Aaron Connolly is OK. He came off a cramp. We should have had a penalty, but so should Serbia. But I think we will beat Luxembourg, Jerry. I think we'll get three points. And you know something? I think the country needs to get behind Stephen Kenny and what he's trying to do. I'm fed up watching Ireland kick the ball 50, 60 metres in the air and just hope that something happens from it. That time has passed. We need to get the ball down and play a bit of football. So here's to Stephen Kenny. Here's to his first win. And hopefully Ireland can claim all three points against Luxembourg. I'm sure there are many people will concur with your sentiments there, Leon. First win for Stephen Kenny tomorrow, please God. Now, let's talk about the League of Ireland. It's the second weekend and we start today. Dundalk, they're at home to Finn Harps. They have a new signing, an exciting winger. But Harps beating Bohemians last week in their first outing won't be an easy one for the Lily Whites. No, it won't be an easy one. I mean, Dundalk went to Sligo. Um, it was a one-all draw. Obviously, McElhaney put the Lily Whites 1-0 up, but Park scored, I think it was only five or six minutes after that. So it was a one-all draw. You just don't want to lose your first league game. So Dundalk will have to take the point. But Jerry, looking at this and looking at the betting, it all points towards a Dundalk win. And I think if they want to be serious title contenders, yes, Ben Harps had a massive win beating Bowes, but that was a bit of a shock. I think Foley got that goal for or Finn Harps, but I fully expect Dundalk 
to have four points out of six. They need to be beating Finn Harps. I think they will beat Finn Harps. The one thing I think Dundalk will have to be patient. Harps set up not to lose. And if they can hit you on the break, they'll try and do that. But Dundalk have got enough quality in their ranks. You mentioned another new signing. So I just think Dundalk will have to beat Harps if they want to get this league campaign off to a good start, which I think they will. And Drogheda, they picked up a win on the first evening last week against Waterford. They left it late, but they were by far the better team. Now, they have a real test Saturday afternoon early because they go to play Pats, who went last week into the Lions' den against defending champions Shamrock Rovers and came away with a point and could have taken all three. Yeah, look, Jerry, I mentioned to you last week I thought St. Pats were overpriced in terms of the league this year. I like what they're doing. They play a nice brand of football and they'll be disappointed to give away an equaliser very, very late on against Shamrock Rovers. This is another big test for Drogheda United. But as you rightly said, nice to get the first game. Lovely to get three points, even though it was an own goal. I think it was nearly time up the 89th or 90th minute. But you'll take that against Waterford. But this is a different test. In my mind, St. Patrick's Athletic are going to go really well this season. They don't have the biggest squad. If they get a couple of injuries, it might harm um, St. Pat's. But if they keep everybody fit, they've got a really, really nice blend of youngsters who can really play football at the highest level, in my opinion. They get the ball down on the deck. I'd love it if Drogheda could nick a point. I think that's the best they can hope for. But I do like the look of this St. Pat's team. But it's early in the season, so maybe it's the right time to play them. Here's hoping Drogheda can make it four points out of six. Leon, that's fantastic. Until next week, around about the same time, thank you very much for joining us on the show and we look forward to a successful weekend all round in the League of Ireland locally and for Ireland in their World Cup endeavours. Thanks, Leon. All the best, Jerry. Thank you. Liam Blanche there will be joining us again a week today and good luck to Ireland tomorrow to Dundalk this evening and Drogheda tomorrow afternoon as well that's a lot on late lunch for another week thanks to all our guests through the week we appreciate uh, them joining us on the show to Louise Walsh my producer thanks a million Louise couldn't do it without you and to you our listeners we love your company with us on late lunch every afternoon enjoy this weekend ahead take care of yourselves do your best with the regulations and please God we'll have some word of hope from the government early next week and it will give us something to look forward to I really Hope that is the case early next week for everybody. Anyway, take care of yourselves. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with the drive raring to go. See you here Monday at half past one. It's a day. Bye. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drahada Dundalk and Cavan. Let us amaze you with our fantastic used car offers. With over 300 different makes and models, we have the biggest selection of pre-owned cars to choose from. Let Blackstone Motors find the perfect car for you. Finance can be arranged to suit all budgets. Call or visit blackstonemotors.ie today to find your next car. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. 
And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.